Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and Happy New Year. I'm back in the seat here on January 4th uh, after a week away. I hope everyone had a restful and pensive break. Now ready to re-engage in tough issues and policy questions in the new year. That's what we'll be doing here on Detroit Today. And of course, also on Created Equal, our new podcast about inequality told through uh, history and narrative. Uh, We got it going last fall and we'll continue, of course, this year with the end of the first season and we'll bring you a second season of that as well later this year. If you haven't checked out Created Equal, you can download it wherever you get podcasts, if it's on iTunes or another server. A little later in the show, we're going to talk about what the effect of all the CEOs who are joining government might be on people's pocketbooks. Can CEOs make America rich again? And is that the point? Is that the whole role of government to bring a business perspective uh, to our public lives? Or is there other kinds of considerations that uh, ought to be on the table when we're talking about Uh, government and public interest. Uh, So you're going to want to stay tuned uh, to that about half past the hour. And we'll want to hear from you about what you think about the number of CEOs, just the raw number of CEOs who are joining the Trump administration. What do we expect from them? What do we think they are going to be able to do for us uh, and our pocketbooks uh, in the next four years? But up front, we've heard a lot in the past couple months about how President-elect Donald Trump might shape the American economy through new trade policy, changes in tax policy, and incentivizing companies to keep or create jobs here in America. But how will Trump's leadership trickle down, to borrow a phrase, to the consumer? How could the personal finances of individuals be affected with the decisions of the coming administration? Joining me now to talk about that is Brian O'Connor, former personal finance columnist with the Detroit News. Brian, welcome to Detroit Today. Yeah, thank you for having me, Steve. Absolutely. So uh, I'm one of those people who who doesn't think all that much about transitions of power with regard to personal finance. Uh, I put a lot of faith in the stability of government, uh, and maybe that makes me a, a crazy man. I'm not sure. Uh, but, but I also know people and have talked to people uh, since November 8th who have you know advised all kinds of drastic changes to the way that they think of their finance. I've heard from someone that uh, everyone ought to be buying gold. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I thought about that, and I was like, well, maybe I could do that. Uh, I heard from someone else that uh, you know people ought to be taking their money out of banks because there's going to be all kinds of turmoil and, and things like that, and investments will go south because there's going to be another great recession. I, I think everybody sort of has these these saws that they either come up with themselves or hear from their neighbors and then they just repeat them. But they don't, they don't really know uh, a whole lot about why they're saying it right. or whether that makes sense. Uh, start by talking about what people should be looking at uh, as we transition from a Democratic administration to a Republican one. Uh, as we transition from uh, a more traditional administration to something I think will look really different from what we're used to seeing uh, in Washington? Should people be really concerned or should they just be aware at this point? 
Well, I mean, I don't think you can ever, especially with with this crowd coming in, I don't think you're ever going to be wrong, you know, betting against the banks. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, as for as for gold, uh, you know, if you want to put a vault in your house, I suppose, but um, you know, gold is uh, 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 maybe not not the way to go. Um, I think gonna- the idea of the gold, I think, is here's something that whose value doesn't doesn't. Uh, uh, when gold doesn't, when gold is not doing well, it does not do well for a long, yeah, long, and in long spectacular time. ways, right? Right, yeah. and then and so you've not only got a time, you know, when to buy it, but then you've also got a time um, when to sell it. People never <laughs> think about this when they're talking about, well, like I'm going to jump out of the market. I'm like, well, when are you going to jump back in? Right, because right. you don't have to catch a falling knife once; you have to catch this falling knife twice. Sure. Um, and that's why, you know, for anybody long-term, it's always best to actually, you know, have a plan uh, and stick to it. Um, find an independent fee only financial planner, um, and, um, you know, and and have a plan and and know what you need, need to do. Um, I think in terms of what people are going to see, and one of the reasons that maybe banks are going to be so safe is that, uh, we're looking at a whole bunch of consumer uh, financial protections, uh, that are going to be uh, either going away um, or or not enforced, right? Or not right. enforced, and that's that's the the key thing for a lot of consumers here is um, you know is it's not just a matter of of what laws are on the books; it's a matter of how well do you want to enforce them. I mean, yeah. you know, there are laws against you know giving people tainted water, and that didn't particularly help anybody in Flint, right? Right, and that might not be you know if you have a bunch of people running the government who've conducted a 30-year exercise in making sure that government can't work and doesn't matter and that people consider it to be the problem, um, then, you know, this undermines all of that faith in government and, you know, they're not going to be very strict about uh, enforcing things. You know, the biggest immediate threat is um, both the Republican Party platform and uh, candidate Trump uh, talked about repealing Dodd-Frank. Yes. And a total repeal of Dodd-Frank, which was like not even, a lot of it is not in place. It's not anywhere near the kinds of reforms that we saw after the Great Depression. Um, but uh, to repeal all of it would get rid of the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, which has really been doing, especially in the last couple of years, has really been doing a terrific job. Um, we've had... You talk about... Talk about w- uh, how that how that works? What what does that agency do? What is it preventing that we were right. seeing happen before? Well, what we've seen before, and in fact, we just had a we just had an example of this yesterday. The Consumer Finance Protection Bureau uh, fined uh, two of the three credit bureaus in the country a combined total of twenty three point one million dollars for what was basically misleading consumers and a bait and switch. They were selling consumers credit scores. Uh, and telling them, oh, this is, you'll see what your borrowers think. Well, there's thousands of credit scores. Uh, an automobile lender uses a very different credit score than a mortgage banker. Sure. Um, so people were getting these credit scores that were really not valid. Um, and other people were getting signed up. You can get it for free or a dollar while they're actually getting, paying $16 a month. So, you know, this was just yesterday. And again, this is two thirds of all the major credit bureaus. As a consumer, you really you have no choice you have to deal with these credit bureaus uh, if you're going to have a credit rating because that's who the lenders look at so this has been the kind of action that the consumer finance protection bureau has taken the most notable one um you know was the wells fargo 
a thing that broke this fall. Sure. Uh, which, unlike a lot of financial scams uh, and malfeasance that I've covered, um, where people like the mortgage crisis and the foreclosure crisis and things like that, this was a very simple thing to understand. You know, bogus accounts, charging you <laughs> right. fees, uh, hurting your credit score, um, you know, basically fraud. Fraud on top of fraud. Signing up people who didn't want. Yeah, uh, and and it was going on for years. Don't forget the Los Angeles Times, you know, uh, which does still have a personal finance uh, beat <laughs> um, uh, in David Lazarus, um, broke this story in 2013. So even now it's taken the Consumer Finance Bureau, but you saw they, they fined Wells Fargo, they demanded a restitution. Uh, Elizabeth Warren, the senator from Massachusetts, who's had the idea to create the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau in the first place, um, you know, browbeat this guy in Congress. He had to give up millions of dollars in salaries and bonus. He had to resign. You know, and this was some basic accountability for ripping off consumers. Right. Um, the CFPB can basically go away as soon as Dodd-Frank is is gone. Richard Cordray, who used to be the attorney general in Ohio and has been very, very um, aggressive. He's been very aggressive. And that's part of what the, the Republican Party and Donald Trump are pushing back against is him specifically. Right. Even if even if all of Dodd-Frank is not repealed, the CFPB can be uh, changed. They want to have basically a committee of, you know, bought and paid for, uh, you know, uh, uh, congressmen. Um, who are uh, who are going to oversee it? Uh, and there's been another constitutional challenge that would allow Trump to just fire the director. So he fires the director. He doesn't replace him. Um, nothing happens, and you know basically consumers are going to find you know bogus bounce check charges. Right. They're going to find uh, uh, inaccurate credit reports. They're going to find um, you know loans with excessive fees and riders. Uh, they're going to find deceptive lending terms, uh, and basically, you know, I mean, the only advice, uh, you know, that I can say is that, um, you know, consumers really need to be very, very careful. I always say whenever somebody in the financial services industry tells you they're doing something to serve you better, uh, you should uh, put on a gas mask and hold on to your wallet. Um, and, and the way things are looking right now, you're going to need both hands and that better be an industrial grade gas mask. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Brian O'Connor, a former personal finance columnist with the Detroit news. We're talking about uh, the effect of the new Trump administration, some of the people who will be involved, some of the policies that will be embraced. What effect is that going to have on personal finance? What should you be looking at? What should you be concerned about? Uh, should the plans that you have for retirement or college for your kids look differently uh, in anticipation of some of the changes that we might see under a Trump administration. How will consumers be protected under a Donald Trump administration? Uh, we were just talking about uh, changes to the Bureau that uh, was created to monitor scams and uh, things that take advantage of consumers. Uh, Donald Trump's not a big fan of the person who runs it or the structure itself. Is that going to go away and you're going to have to pay more attention uh, when you sign up for things or when you open accounts, um, give us a call if you want to join the conversation. Talk about 
what you anticipate uh, personal finance-wise under a Trump administration. Uh, are you taking all your money out of the banks? Are you taking your money out of investments and doing something else with it? Or do you figure uh, this is just a sort of st- a transition of stability, that, uh, that we have presidents come and go all the time and the markets pretty much uh, adjust themselves uh, to that and and whatever you were doing six months ago will work just as well uh, six months from now. Uh, 313-577-1019 is the number to join the conversation. That's 313-577-1019. What are your personal finance goals or fears or anticipations for the Donald Trump administration. You can also go to Facebook, the WDET page there, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work your comments into the conversation. Uh, Brian, I wonder, you know, I wonder whether uh, uh, when you're talking about personal finance, and you you talked about this just just a minute ago, this the, the plan that people should have. Um, right. The, the 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 idea that these are long term uh, decisions that we're making, and and in order to to make sure that we can do the things that we want to do or that we need to do, you have to have those long term plans. But I wonder what uh, that looks like if, for instance, uh, you're on the short end of that long plan. So let's say you're you're uh, you've been saving for college. Uh, for 10 years and and it's just about time in the next two or three years for your son or daughter to go off to college uh, and and you're worried that all of the money that you've saved and, and invested might take a take a big hit uh, right, the way it did in enough. 2008 or nine or if you're on the verge of retirement uh, you've right. saved for a long time and you figure you're going to get out in the next couple of years uh, is there something that that would change under this administration that might change the way you see those final years of of planning? Well, well, right now, I mean, you're seeing a, a pretty good stock market reaction, uh, you know, which is a short term uh, kind kind of thing. You know, uh, uh, bank stocks are up because they figure they'll be they'll be getting away with what they want, which is making a lot more money by ripping off their own customers, <laughs> um, which is what you know, these big banks have, have done. I mean, I've often said that, you know, you know, if these guys were common criminals, they would be, you know, sentenced as repeat offenders <laughs> a decade ago. It's always these same banks. Um, on the other hand, so we're seeing a, a, a boom in the stock market because this is seen as a business friendly administration. Um, you know, whether long-term, um, you know, the tendency of stocks, you know, 10 years from now, the stock market will be up uh, next week. Who knows? And right. anybody who tells you any differently is <laughs> talking out of their hat. Um, you know, on the other hand, we have also seen what happens when weak consumer protections exist. We get things like the housing crisis, yes. where these you know banksters are allowed to run wild. Um, is is short term profitable for them, and and long term damaging for everybody? In fact, I you know was speaking to somebody from a mortgage company who was saying. You know, they support the CFPB because they're like, you know, after 2007, we didn't sell a lot of mortgages for a long time. It was not good for the overall business. So, you know, one of the the problems you have to worry about is if uh, if corporate sensibility, short-term quarterly sensibilities are allowed to run wild, um, does that wreak the kind of havoc that, yeah, the stock market's at 20,000 and it was at 7,000 something during the recession? 
we've recovered, but that was a really, really bad deal bad if stretch. you were ready yeah. to retire in 2008. That's right. Um, so somebody in a situation of having a kid going to college or, you know, retiring in a couple of years, you know, really needs to have, have started to get out of that volatility of the stock market. Um, you know, the old rule of thumb in financial planning was 100 minus your age, and that's how much you should have in bonds. Well, bonds haven't done particularly well uh, <laughs> lately either. So for a lot of people, it's just been work longer uh, if you're given that option um, and and save more, yeah. um, which has not been the greatest uh, uh, solution for everybody and certainly not the most comfortable, um, but it is something that at least you can control. So if you're a young person and you need to be in the stock market, you know, then you need to be there. If um, one idea that has that has been very good that's been gaining currency in financial planning is, is kind of called the bucket system. So for instance, um, people getting near retirement will start taking their cash out of investments and putting them in basically cash and cash equivalents until they have basically... Um, some advisors have said three years worth of living expenses. Some have said five. I think those people are very conservative. Yeah. But people need to do what they're comfortable with. The idea being that you have enough money to live on and you can leave your investments to ride out any ups and downs of the stock market. And indeed, you know, three years would have pretty much gotten you through the worst of, of the Great Recession yeah. in terms of at least getting your money back you know, to where it was. Um, and so that's the benefit of having a planner. Um, you know, pinching every penny until Lincoln gets a headache. <laughs> it's a, it's a lousy way to live, but it's also a lousy plan. You know, when I talk to good planners, um, you know, they're telling me when the stock market goes down, my phone doesn't ring because, you know, my clients know we're doing what we need to do. Um, you also, you know, need help pulling all this together, figuring out what's my social security gonna, gonna be, you know, I've got like a weird little, pension that I have to go research that I get a couple hundred dollars a month from Cox Enterprises at some point. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, you know, and you kind of want to figure all these things out. A lot of people are working longer because they are just afraid to retire because yeah. they don't know. We created a system where if you got a pension and you were working one day after you were fully vested in that pension, you were nuts. <laughs> right. Right. Why not take, you know, care? and it was going to support you until you were 110 years old. And sure. if your wife lived to be 120, her too. Well, now we've got this defined contribution plan where it's all your own money. Maybe you get a little bit from your employer and nobody knows. And so uh, I was looking at a healthcare study that had expected a huge wave of retirement among baby boomer aged nurses. And so the healthcare industry was kind of girding for this uh, in, uh, around 2005. And then it didn't happen. And they were like, well, what, what happened? And it was basically, nobody knows if they have enough money to retire. Yeah. And then the recession came and everybody figured the safest thing to do was just hunker down and work longer Keep working, right? until basically they can't take it anymore and then just hope for the best. And that is really not, not the way to approach retirement. Yeah. yeah. Um, even if you're, you're, inadequately prepared it's better to to know what you what you want to know and start shopping for you know condos in mexico uh than it is to just run up to the last minute you know be ill be trying to sell a house during a real estate downturn uh um, it's always better uh, to have some kind of plan and then just adjust the plan 
as you go forward. Yeah. Yeah. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. Join the conversation with uh, Brian O'Connor, former personal finance columnist for the Detroit News. We're talking about what your personal finance ought to look like for the next four years or eight years under Donald Trump. Uh, Let's go to Anthony in Livonia. Anthony, welcome to Detroit Today. Uh, Thank you for taking my call. Uh Um, The next four years or further out to eight years, Donald uh-huh. Trump is just going to make sure that when he's no longer president, he's stepping back into an environment that he's familiar with that is a thousand times more friendly to what he wants to do. And you can tell that by the people he's appointing. Yeah. So so does that worry you, though, Anthony, as somebody who I assume is probably not as wealthy as Donald Trump? Uh, Actually, that, no. No? Because I'm a postal employee. My pension is fully funded. <laughs> I also have a uh, 401k with them as well. So Are they hiring, Anthony? Right. <laughs> That's right. So, Maybe we should go work in the post office. Can you put in a word for me, Anthony? <laughs> you know, and, and we are hiring. Yeah, right. I believe to talk about us going broke because we're a nonprofit. We can't go broke. Can't go broke. We're not supposed to make money. Right, right. No, I, I, but uh, – and and does, does the transition, though, of power – in Washington make you look around at some of your investments though and think hmm uh, maybe this is not the smartest thing to be doing right now or are you are are you confident that it won't really affect you that much well I, I own rental property too and mm-hmm. as long as the county is having auctions in October I'll be buying more because <laughs> all those people that used to be homeowners are now renters yeah that's so, true. I mean, if you get in on that market, you, you should do fairly well, as long as you don't take on more than you can handle. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anthony, that, that sounds like a good plan to me. Anthony can sound start like you're on seminars. Yeah, right? That sounds like you're on top of it. Uh, thanks very much uh, for your call. Um, Brian O'Connor, former personal finance columnist with the Detroit News, thanks very much for being here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We'll have you back sometime soon. Anytime at all. All right. Up next, we're going to talk about what it looks like uh, to have all of these sort of CEO type people working in government. What effect is that going to have on people's pocketbooks over the next four years? Stay with us on Detroit Today.